This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello and welcome to the podcast today, everyone. I'm your host, Tyler Kern, and joining me is Daniel Wagstaff. He is the CEO of PocketStop. Daniel, thank you so much for being here today, man. Great to be back. It's always good to get a chance to talk to you, and today uh, we are tackling a topic that is unfortunately becoming increasingly necessary, and that is emergency response and crisis management, and what technology's role can be in helping uh, with this critical piece of information dissemination. And so um, this is becoming a larger and larger part of, I I guess, life these days, is we have to talk about how to manage crisis situations, whether it be uh, violence, terrorism, uh, natural disasters. It's becoming a, a more frequent conversation, Daniel. So why is it so important for companies to really consider how they're going to respond in crisis situations? Um, Yes, you're absolutely right. Unfortunately, it is something that seems to be coming uh, more to the forefront. And I think it's that there are just uh, bigger situations that happen. I think that when something does happen, what we're seeing is that the impact of those situations is, is getting greater. Um, and, and I think first we, we need to sort of define for, for a little while uh, what do we mean by a crisis because in my business uh, when I'm talking to customers a crisis means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, one of the more common and, and, and well known is of course when a weather situation uh, happens and that happens very frequently so we're sort of heading into you know hurricane season now uh, for, for some parts of the country um, and soon on the back of that will be the sort of the winter in the northeast and we'll see uh, all kinds of things happening and while weather in itself may not uh, cause a crisis everywhere um, when that weather impacts our ability to go about our daily lives the way that we are used to for the rest of the year uh, our ability to get to work our ability to get home from work um, and and for all the things that happen all the imagine all the transportation companies that are moving freight that are, that are moving around the impact of weather is, is certainly a crisis and then we move on from from there to infrastructure issues. We've got uh, IT problems now with our continued reliance on technology. We are seeing more and more that just a simple, um, you know, even when my power went out and I didn't have internet, uh, it was certainly a crisis at my house for my kids uh, <laughs> when they when they had no no electronic devices. Certainly. So a crisis can, can certainly impact us uh, in that way. Then we, we have um, certainly now, again, a, a very unfortunate, but the mass shootings that, that seem to be becoming more and more prevalent. In the scheme of things, they're obviously um, sort of still relatively small, but really uh, anything above zero is something that we are all concerned about and it scares us all. So those are becoming something that we now have to plan for, and that's a really unfortunate situation. So. When we talk about a crisis, it's really anything that impacts our ability to go about uh, normal daily lives for for, for businesses to to transact, um, keeping themselves, business continuity is another term that you might hear. And so how can we use technology to really be ready during any of these things that that occur? How can we be ready? (coughs) Excuse me. How can we be ready to um, handle that crisis? both prior to, how can we plan for that, um, both during the crisis and then of course post-crisis, uh, what lessons can we learn and um, how can we use technology to, to get better for next time. So, And you certainly don't want to be in a position where 
once a crisis has occurred, then you are trying to figure out, okay, what's our strategy going to be? You would certainly rather have thought about this ahead of time rather than be playing catch up in the moments and seconds after, you know, a crisis occurs or something like that. Absolutely. So, um, when we've got a crisis happens, there's there's an impact on a number of different areas. Uh, the first, of course, is people. So, you know, our most important asset and a company's most important assets are, are typically their people, their staff. And so how do we protect those people? Um, then, of course, we've got the product uh, that the companies are, are creating. Beyond that, of course, something that is that is very important to protect uh, and that a crisis can have a huge impact on is the brand. Um, we, we spend a, an awful lot of time, energy, effort, uh, building up a brand reputation. And then that can be dashed in seconds if during a crisis um, it's either where is fault lie or how do we handle when things go wrong. We can't stop things happening, but we certainly can be ready for when things happen and, and that can have an impact on the brand. And last but not least, of course, is the facility, the actual the bricks and mortar, the actual structure itself. So we are here to make sure that we protect those four areas. And then in doing so, what you're describing there is, um, you know, prior to that, we can't wait for a crisis to happen and then how do we respond? That's certainly not the best uh, course of action. So we have sort of uh, what I like to describe as the four R's, uh, and the first of those four R's is readiness. Uh, Before a crisis happens, uh, what are we doing? How are we assessing the risks? Who are we looking at um, to sort of either maybe to, to create fake scenarios to see what would we do and how would people act through to um, looking at all of our areas of vulnerability, um, be that uh, with, with, with a gunman to weather alerts to, to anything else. Where are our points of vulnerability um, and what can we do about making sure that we are prepared, as best prepared we can in the event of a crisis? Interesting. So now we're going to talk just a little bit more about how technology can play a role in that. And the rapid advance of technology has really provided us with tools to immediately disseminate information to a lot of different parties in a lot of different ways. And maybe that hasn't been uh, thought of up until this point, just in terms of a corporate setting quite as much as it maybe could or should be. So what are some of the tools that are at companies' disposal to really spread information so that there is this readiness and there is this response, a quick response time when in the event of an emergency? Well, uh, crisis planning has been something that has been around for many, many years. Uh, and there's many, many experts out there that can help uh, come to you uh, with ideas and with scenarios and with experience. Um, but certainly technology has now, things are changing. The dynamics are, are requiring us to uh, listen and engage with individuals differently, to, to gather information prior to and to, to, to um, communicate ongoing. So. Uh, there are many sort of uh, different types of technology. One that I'm very familiar with is, is um, uh, mass notification systems, um, which are really just ways for us to be able to um, gather all the data of all of our individuals in one place. That, now, that may sound simple, but many organizations uh, either rely on phone trees. You know, that used to be the technology where we would ask the individuals to call in. We would say, hey, we're going to leave a recorded message here in case of an emergency or in case of a weather alert, and if you see anything that happens, call into this number and then you'll hear what the course of action is and what we want you to do. So we were putting the onus really on our employees to, to, to take that first step. And well, sometimes they're going to be in situations where calling might not be uh, easy or advantageous or something like that, right? A hundred percent. And those are some of the sort of the, the reasons for the evolution, right? Which yeah. came first. And, and so technology sort of took a, a, a 
a much more proactive approach now where we've sort of gone from these either phone trees where I call you, then you call three people and, and, and so on, or these, these inbound recorded messages, to now a much more proactive um, through a, a mass communication system. So we can gather all the people's information into one place. Um, we can know how to communicate to them by multiple different channels. So instead of just sending you an email, for example, which again, in the wrong situation, an email is a very passive way for me to talk to you because you may not be checking your work email, you may be under your desk, you may be away from your desk uh, at home, and so you may not have access to that email. So how do we make sure that we leverage multiple different channels uh, and, and the newer ones, obviously, are text messaging. Uh, of course, there's the phone calls, there's email, there's posts to all kinds of internal intranets, um, there's in-app notifications. So we've got the ability to simultaneously now reach you. You have many, many different ways that you currently communicate with the outside world. Uh, social media, I haven't even mentioned that. So how do I make sure that when I need to get you a message, I get it to you in the right way? Uh, how do I know that I've collected all of your data? That's another part that's very important, all in the same place. And then, next to that is, it may be a crisis, but this may be happening, it's a crisis for our company, but it's happening out on the East Coast, for example. Well, you happen to be in the central region. Is it really relevant to you? Is this information that I'm about to provide relevant to you? In, in, in previous uh, sort of years, we used to have to send the same message via email because we had no way to segment and know where people were uh, exactly. We would send the same message to everybody and let them say, well, that's not relevant to me. I'll move past that. Unfortunately, what happens with that is if you send the same message to everybody and a vast majority of those messages are just not relevant, what ends up happening is people begin to ignore. Yeah, there's fatigue there. Absolutely. So now all of a sudden when there truly is an emergency, you know, it's that whole cry wolf thing. Mm -hmm. When there is an emergency, when there is something relevant to you, your uh, sort of ability to or your, 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 uh, your paying attention to that particular message may have diminished. And now all of a sudden when it was truly relevant, there was something happening that was about to affect you, you weren't uh, notified as quickly as you needed to. So technology now allows us to not only reach you, but make sure that we reach you with the right message uh, to the right people. So we can segment and choose maybe it's everybody in a specific office specific location maybe you were never in this location no you're not normally in this location but maybe you happen to be working there this week mm. I need to know that because if I don't notify you and you happen to you're not normally there we now have the ability to start um, tracking your location uh, with your permission of course but we can start to, to segment and target the right people with the right message um, to make sure during a response, which is really the second of the R's. So we talked a little bit about the readiness, uh, technology um, to, to get ready for uh, uh, and prepared for a crisis, but in a response situation, the second R, we have to make sure that I can get through to the right people with the right message at the right time. What does, what would a typical, uh, maybe a message during a response look like and how would that get sent out to those people? Would there be a platform that you can choose, you know, send to people in this location, a text message or an alert uh, of some kind? What, what does that look like on a platform that, that is doing, that is performing this function? Sure. Um, well, there's a, there's a couple of different uh, options for you. There's both hardware and software. What, I, what we um, recommend is certainly the software because we believe that it's much, much more flexible. And what I mean by that is SaaS-based software that you can access really from any device. Um, so you in the crisis, um, as, the, as the person that needs to be notified, never know where you're going to be. But certainly the person that is responsible for communicating doesn't know where they're going to be either. So, of course, with the advancement of technology, we can now send messages to thousands of people um, 
and filter those people just from my cell phone. So there's mm. apps you can download, web, mobile websites you can go to, or of course on your PC you can uh, log in. And then really what a message looks like is very, very individual. Those, these systems have to be flexible enough that for one company, we're talking about sending messages just to their IT group about an IT issue because their point of sale systems are down and we now need to communicate how we're going to do, what we're going to do, um, and how we're going to get sort of business up and running again. In another example, I might be sending it to everybody that happens to live in the state of Florida because a hurricane has come through and I now need it to be two-way. Not only do I need to send you a message to let you know, most people, of course, know about a hurricane, right? That's one of the, that's the only <laughs> advantage of a hurricane. You do know they're coming. But right. in that particular case, I want to know, are you safe? Are you okay? Is there, is there any need for any assistance? And what assistance do you need? So now all of a sudden I've got to start making two-way communication. We've moved, technology has allowed us to move from one way, just notification, to two-way communication to make sure that we can improve um, the safety of those people uh, and our, our most important assets. Absolutely. So let's move on to the, the third R then, which is reassurance. Um, is this an area where this would be uh, maybe someone saying, hey, whatever threat there was, whatever you know, weather-related emergency or, let's say, you know, shooting or something like that uh, has passed, is that, is that what reassurance is? Is that, hey, you know, what we were dealing with is now gone? Or, or tell me, kind of walk me through what the reassurance process is and, and what that third R is. Um, well, so reassurance, again, is, is all the things that you described and more. So uh, when I'm in a situation um, that, that, of, of a crisis, uh, the first thing that I want to know, uh, depending upon what role I'm playing, uh, one of the things I may want to know is that somebody is there, that somebody mm-hmm. knows where I am, that somebody knows um, that I am uh, in danger. And so just the ability for us to use technology, as I described in that two-way, where I can get a message, receive a message from someone that's not in the crisis situation that says, hey, we're aware that it's happening. We want to know if you're okay. What help do you need? And my ability now to... That provides me reassurance that I'm not alone. Um, and that can mean a lot of different things in a lot of different situations, right? Um, number two, that, that we are going to provide assistance. Um, so reassurance that... Um, that, that they're, what is what is the what is the next steps? Because in many cases, a crisis doesn't have to be that I'm in a shelter in place situation. Because mm-hmm. as I said, a crisis has many many different sort of uh, facets to it. So, the ability for me to now have uh, the reassurance that my company is on top of this. It may just be that I am the, now the clerk out in the field, and the payment process, my my point of sale system's gone down, and I have no way to run credit cards. I'm staring at a whole bunch of angry customers that want to buy product. <laughs> Guess who they're upset with? Me. That's mm-hmm. certainly a crisis for me as that clerk. Sure. Um, and so I need to know that my manager may be the one that gets the notification, depending upon how the, the situation goes. But I my I need to be reassured that we are aware of it, that we're on top of it, that we're fixing it. Give me the answers that I need. So that I can pass on to our customers. Um, And so a lot of it is just the the fact that um, I am able to communicate effectively, that I am able to receive messages, that I'm able to give my opinion, use my eyes on the ground to report certain issues uh, into real time um, about what's happening, and then um, 
Maybe it's going to be a closure. Maybe someone's closed. Maybe my corporate office is closed. Maybe my office is closed because of a weather issue. It gives me reassurance to know that I'm getting constant updates to know that I don't have to proactively look or drive to work to see if my office is open. Just the fact that I'm getting constant updates about the situation, I don't have to go looking, just simply makes me feel more reassured. That's a good point because it it lets you know that you're being thought of and that you're not on an island, which can be a bad feeling, I suppose, for an employee. You want to know that that you are being thought of, that you are being valued in whatever situation that there is. And I think that that's an important value for a company to have um, in, in situations like this, just to know that, um, that you're valued, that you're being thought of. I think that's a huge aspect of things. Yeah, because um, a crisis doesn't just happen and it's complete and we know everything. And so mm-hmm. now we get to communicate that, right? So we are all learning during uh, this situation that's going on. We're learning the who, the what, the where, the when, the why, the how, what's going on. And so it, most of these things are constantly developing. Um, and so we need to make sure that we are um, communicating the relevant information mm-hmm. because we don't want to sort of speculate in the in the case of a, of a crisis. Uh, so we're always communicating uh, with authenticity, uh, with transparency to let people know we know this, we don't know this, updates will be happening now. That provides reassurance. Sometimes it's what you don't say as much as what you do that can provide that level of reassurance. Sure, sure. And, well, and when I think about this response and reassurance portion of, of what we're talking about here as far as the four R's go, what I think of is that a lot of times in the middle of crisis situations, whatever they might be, how they're handled by leadership and how they're handled by a company will go a long way in um, that employee's long-term view of that particular company or that particular brand business. And I, I think that there can be long-term strong relationships that get severed over what happens during crisis periods, whatever that crisis might be. And so having a good response and having that reassurance, I think, can be huge in employee retention and employee morale going forward. Sure. Nobody has ever said, I really like being kept in the dark. I really enjoy <laughs> not knowing and having surprises. Nobody nobody sort of goes throughout their day. So you're talking there about one of the benefits, uh, the ancillary benefits of, of having a good communication strategy, period. Forget just a crisis, but just general communication to, to organizations. Are those organizations that have open uh, and honest communication to their employees are the ones that typically get rated as the best places to work, have the best retention, because people want to work in a place that is open and honest and transparent and they get to hear and know the information. Um, so as you're describing there, absolutely the, the ability for us to protect employees, but then of course externally from that, how they handle this situation is that that other part that I talked about, the brand reputation. Um, how we go about um, facilitating using technology to send that message out to to make sure that everybody that needs to know knows um, that will have a huge impact on somebody's reputation because if we're not communicating be that with our consumers or our internal employees in an appropriate way a brand that has a fantastic reputation it can be ruined overnight um, because mistakes are made because the wrong things are said because um, nothing was said quite frankly and oftentimes um, you see in the news that people get in the most trouble for just burying their heads in the sand and pretending like something's not happening right um, and so with the advent now of social media and, and, and my ability to to uh, to ask questions and to go looking for information there's really no excuse uh, for or getting the word out. It's just, there's of course, it goes back to that preparation. If we are prepared, there's no way we'll make those mistakes um, during the, the uh, response stage of, of the game. 
Absolutely. And then when you kind of come out on the other side, there's the recovery aspect, which is the fourth R that we'll talk about today. And that's another large thing because you, you can see a company handling this well, handling a crisis situation well. And you, we, you can think of examples of companies coming out on the other side, uh, maybe stronger than they were before, that they're able to weather whatever storm, um, be it an actual storm or a metaphorical storm, uh, weather those storms that, that come their way and come out stronger on the other side. Um, but it's all also about about that recovery process as well. And that's the fourth R that we're going to talk about. So how can how can communication and how can technology really play a larger part in that recovery aspect? Certainly. So uh, what we're one of the areas of recovery is obviously mobilizing. So it's part of the, the, the response. But how do we mobilize the right people to take care of a situation? Mm. Um, we have examples of some of our customers. Um, one of our customers in the in the grocery industry, uh, when there were the hurricanes that happened in Houston, you can imagine that the employees that were working there um, were now taking care of their own personal business. Their houses were underwater, they couldn't right. get to work, there was a but there was a need. But guess what? The greater community had a, had an even bigger need for uh, groceries and for um, sustenance. Um, so now all of a sudden you've got the employees that are typically used to doing the trucking, that are used to doing the, the sort of the, the serving and, and all that goes into um, that particular um, sort of process. Now those people were... Um, unable to fulfill their normal daily duties because they had other personal things to take care of. So in this particular case, um, it was it was fantastic to see that there was a, um, a response and a reassurance to the existing customers that we're here, that we're going to be sending resources to help you as employees of our organization. We're going to be sending resources and, and people to make sure that you are taken care of. If there's hotels that need to be get, uh, if, there's, if there's any support you need, we are here. Secondary to that, they also mobilized um, in, as part of the recovery was mobilized people from around the country. They communicated, they they surveyed, they looked for volunteers all through the technology. So they sent out polls and surveys and allowed people to say, yes, I want to be part of this and I'm able to take on more responsibility. I'm willing to go down to Houston. I'm willing to go down and, uh, and help with this rebuild to make sure not only are our employees safe, but all of those other customers of ours that need things, we can still make sure that food is available to them. And that was just one example of, of recovery. For others, we've seen it um, where we're mobilizing um, uh, the the uh, IT issue. So now we're trying to rep- re- repair. I've talked about it a lot, but really the whole point of technology is that it, we're also relying on it at this point, that our ability to, how do I coordinate the resources necessary um, because my IT system has gone down. I can't send emails through my existing internal systems, right? Because that's the whole thing we're trying to fix. My phone systems have gone down potentially. So how do I reach those people? So that's a very important part of, of, of emergency situation. Again, being ready, having a system that is outside of your normal infrastructure that you can access and do and send messages to when all other systems are down. Because very often, that's the point of your communication. Sure. So... How do we recover those things together? Um, what are we going to do? Who are we going to coordinate? Who are the, sh- the, the stakeholders in this situation that I need to keep informed? Who are the, 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 the workers, the employees that I need to mobilize and coordinate uh, to divide and conquer so that we can get things back online as quickly as possible? Because obviously, time being money, um, we need to make sure that uh, we are leveraging the technology that we have at our disposal to coordinate the resources to get everybody back online. Absolutely. And when you talk about time being money and and companies and and things like that, obviously, 
being down and, and not having your, your networks online and things like that are, are hugely detrimental to companies because um, they want to be making money. And anytime that they're not, that's that's going to be detrimental to your bottom line overall. So when we're talking about safety, it can, it can feel kind of wrong in a way to talk about, oh, what's the return on investment? It can only almost feel like a, a dirty thing to have to talk about. But it is, a I, I think, a practical thing to discuss when we're talking about safety is, is the money that I'm spending on employee safety and on these measures um, going to pay off in the end? Is it worth it? And I think that uh, maybe statistics would show that, yeah, it is in the long term. It can end up saving you money, and it's better to be aware on the front end and ready, like we talked about um, uh, for any situation that comes your way on the back end. Sure. Yeah, and um, there's really a sort of a short-term and a long-term play to this, really. Because in the short term, of course, we want to get things up and running. And, and I think that, that it's it's very common that we're all looking for that ROI. Um, um, that's that's the, the crux of the matter is that we want to make sure that our employees are safe, uh, that our business is online, so that we are um, we can go back to, to normal, shall we say. But there really is a sort of a short-term and a long-term play to this. Um, where during a crisis, of course, you want to get your sort of, you know, your business back online as quickly as possible. Um, but you need to sort of um, reinstate a, a sense of normalcy for right. the individuals, right. um, so that we can again feel that reassurance that everything's gone back to normal. Um, that I'm still going back to the same place. That I've still got a paycheck. That that everything's going to be okay. Um, but oftentimes, that's a new normal. Dependent upon the size of the crisis, dependent upon the size of the situation, that can sometimes be a new normal. That doesn't always mean that everything is exactly the same. Um, so how do we make sure um, that we're looking at both, we're sort of the listening uh, component is a, is a part of it, but how are we making sure that there's this short-term response but a long-term learning? Because this really isn't a four-phase and we're done situation. Because as you can see hmm. here, the recovery phase leads very much back into a readiness. Because as soon as, uh, as, as you can appreciate, as soon as we have had a real-life scenario, we just learned a whole lot of different things that we may not have ever considered. Even as prepared as we thought we were during that readiness stage, a real-life scenario is likely to pull up things that we did well, things that we didn't realize um, that, that we had at our disposal sometimes, but also things that we hadn't considered and things that didn't go the way that we planned them to. So now how can we be better prepared next time? So it absolutely is a cycle. So we go back to the beginning now from recovery to learning again, to being ready the next time. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad you pointed out just that cyclical nature of things, just that um, that recovery and recovering well leads to better readiness the next time around. And obviously you learn a lot when you go through those types of situations. So then applying it correctly to the next situation that could come your way, I think is um, it's probably a massive learning opportunity uh, for companies. It is, it is. And um, so so as we talk about the messaging, um, so some examples would be that uh, to, to, to go to the, the, uh, the shooter, uh, for example, the, the shelter-in-place situations, be that a mass shooter. Um, we are preparing for that uh, in com companies across the U.S. at the moment. Um, it is unfortunate, but what are we going to do if? If that situation occurred today, what would we respond? How would we respond? Um, of course, there are many elements that have nothing to do with technology. That has to do with the whole, um, are we going to hide? Are we going to um, run? Are we going to fight? You know, what are the, the components that we are going to do? And in, you can go online and look at what are the responses 
responses that you do in that situation. Uh, do you have the ability to run away and to get away from the situation? Obviously, fleeing can oftentimes be the best way to remove yourself from the circumstance. The second is obviously to hide. If you can't get away, then how can you hide? How can you barricade yourself in? How can you make sure that you are in, a, in a, the best position not to be found? But in turn, if that's not a, an option or if you are hiding but then that no longer becomes a, a safe environment, are you prepared and are you trained and have we talked about how you're going to fight against that situation? Now that has nothing to do with technology. But now we move into the technology aspect of that. The quicker I can let you know that there's a situation happening, the quicker possibly that I can get you into that best case scenario where you're, remove, you're able to safely remove yourself from the situation. So we have companies all the time that are logging into our platform that are simply creating very quickly within the matter of 30 seconds or less. They're able to log in from their phone or from their, their laptop um, to create a message to designate the exact right people. There's templates in there and things like that that we can have. Pre-approved templates is a, is a big part of what we do. And so they can go in and grab the appropriate message, designate the right people, add all the channels they need, text, voice, phone calls, uh, social media posts, click send, and within seconds we have now notified thousands of people of the right thing. That leads us back to the ability to run or hide or indeed have to fight. And technology is just, nothing has changed in those, those, um, that methodology. We have been preaching that and, and law enforcement has been preaching those same rules for many, many years. But technology allows us to get that information to people quicker so that they have a better shot at the best case scenario, which is flee. Yeah, it seems to me that the quickness of of the spread of information and then the reliability that that information will in fact make it to its intended destination seem like the two, maybe the most crucial elements. Are there any other elements to a, a messaging platform that disseminates this information that, that you feel are critical to its overall success? Yeah, so uh, if we look at the most common use today of not using a platform, the, the, the most common alternative is typically email. And so internal emails, uh, unfortunately, uh, it, when, I, when I first learned the statistic, it, it, was, it blew my mind. But internally, inside of an organization, just internal emails are read roughly about 30 to 35 percent of the time. I don't know what you, I don't, uh, <laughs> let me look at my inbox here. No, I don't know what you're talking no. about. <laughs> so, so if you think about it, two thirds yeah. of all emails just sent with inside of an organization are never read. Sure. Now, what are the reasons for that? Well, we talked a little bit about it earlier. We, you know, HR has to get a critical situation, a critical message out. What do they need to do? They send it to everybody. Now they have no idea who read that message. Now what do they do the second time? They need to make sure that everybody got that. So they send it a second time with a reminder. Who do they send it to? Everybody. Yeah. And before long, this, you know, and I'm not picking on HR here, but in, before long, internal communications can be that you know you're going to get three or four messages about the same topic. So what do I do? Either A, I ignore the first one because I know I'm going to get others, so it's, oh, it's just HR again, I'll, I'll catch up with that later. Or B, I just get more and more irritated because I've already taken care of that. I already read that compliance issue. I already have done what they asked me to do, and there's no way for two-way feedback. So the most, the, the most common alternative is lack of reading of the, of the content. Yeah. Um, and so the biggest sort of return on investment, if you will, is 
is the number of people that will read your message is, is going to skyrocket. The open rates, the, the reach is going to be much, much higher. And of course, with that, speed of delivery. Because with an email, the average email is, uh, is uh, going to be read, uh, it's going to take minutes even if you are reading an email, and oftentimes hours, whereas for example a text message, you're gonna read that within seconds, and you're gonna get about a 95% read rate. So everybody's reading it, and they're reading it quickly. That keeps your employees safer and informed. One of my clients the other day, they had to let their second shift know that they were not ready for them. They had to let them know that because of a, uh, an outage, there was gonna be no way that those employees could work. Mm -hmm. Now, under normal circumstances, a lot of those hourly workers don't have, they didn't have their home email addresses, um, and many people didn't even have a home email address. So they had no way of communicating en masse to their entire second shift. If those second shifts show up, guess what? They've gotta pay the entire force to not work as opposed to being able to proactively let them know that there is no longer a, a, there is no longer a shift available for you, we're gonna make other arrangements, this is when you can come in, this is how we're gonna make it up, this is when we're gonna be doing it. And so the ability for them to proactively and, 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 and expeditiously let those employees know made a great deal of difference because the employees didn't have to drive into work to right. turn around and drive home again. Mm -hmm. um, they were able to let them know while they were still at home. So speed is absolutely of the essence um, as as is with the content. You know, and it seems that more and more people, uh, you're hearing more often, I, I suppose, work-life balance. And so I know a lot of people that don't have their work email on their phone. And so that's not something that they're checking when they're away from work necessarily, just because they're trying to remove themselves from work when they're not at work. And so you see that a lot of times. So the messaging system and, and the, the way that you're going to get information to people has to be something that is outside of the norm that that when they get it it kind of grabs your attention i suppose and says hey this is something that you absolutely need to know otherwise we wouldn't be sending sure. it. another one of those benefits of the technology is that is the ability to segment um, between what is general communication and critical or crisis communication mm. because using that third-party system can oftentimes mean that they, it, the phone calls come from a different number the emails come from a different email address um, the text messages come come in and you know that when messages come from that particular uh, location you know it's something worth uh, paying attention to you know that it's something that's very very relevant and um, it is it is very very important and we, we certainly counsel our, our clients about making sure that when you're using this particular platform for your communication you ensure that that is for the critical communication only we don't just suddenly start to dilute that because then all of a sudden you've sort of diluted the the uh, the message uh, and your chances of, of people reading it in a timely manner Absolutely. Well, it's it's one of those things that you hope that you don't have to use uh, terribly often, if at all. But uh, again, readiness is a huge uh, factor and a huge aspect of making sure that you're prepared for any uh, potential event. And so uh, this is certainly something that it's good to be informed on. And so, Daniel Wagstaff, we really appreciate you coming in today and uh, explaining a little bit more about this and educating our listeners. No problem. Enjoyed it. <laughs>